755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic with my co-host, as usual, Eric O'Flaherty out in Seattle. What's up, Eric? Another day. How you doing? Good. Good. What a weird day in baseball yesterday. We're going to get to all that. The shit hit the fan yesterday, man. That was uh, pretty dramatic stuff, uh, or as dramatic as it can be in this day and age where we're doing everything on internet and Zoom. But uh, Manfred saying that he's not sure about the season now <laughs> after the break, after the pitchers, uh, after the players called them on, called them on the bluff basically and said, show, tell us when you show up, we're ready. And then Trevor Bauer was scathing indictment of Manfred in a Twitter screed yesterday, I thought was just brilliant. So we're going to get to all that. First of all, we got some really good questions this morning from readers on Twitter. I thought uh, some really interesting stuff. Some of the topics are that cover that the players, uh, uh, players union and, and owners disagreement and what might happen with the CBA going forward, but a lot of other stuff too, some, some good stuff. And we're going to get to that. Uh, first of all, before we go circle back to the, uh, what happened yesterday. All right. All Q&A right. time from coach Ammons, Matt Ammons, eight replying to both of us. He says, if there's no baseball this year, will they renegotiate the CBA before 2021 season? Or will we see two years without baseball when the current CBA is up and players and owners cannot come to an agreement. Well, the new CBA is not up till the end of next year. Yeah, so I don't the really, they wouldn't really renegotiate it before next season. I mean, they could, I guess, but there wouldn't really be much. It wouldn't hurt to get yeah. it out of the way, but I don't well, see it happening. Start the talks. And yeah. so you don't have, so you doesn't come to this at the end of the season where you're starting from scratch. Well, they're starting the game, you know, they're, they're playing the back and forth already and seeing how it's going to be. Yeah. But I would assume if there was no baseball that next year would just start as normal. Yeah, we do. Depending on what's going on with with the virus and all that stuff in the country, but at normal with a lot of bitterness. Two years of this, man. If you put people through this and then another, then you play another year and then they got to go through it again. People are going to check out on on baseball day one and negotiations. Oh, you know, t- tennis is going to be way down next year. Yeah. Ratings obviously are, but attendance is going to be way down next year. If regardless, because people season. are on hard times anyway. You know, the yeah, money's exactly. just not going to be there to spend on the game. Exactly. Right now is when people, you know, they start buying season tickets at the end of the previous year, or right when the previous year's over, season's over. Can yep. you imagine? All the no. people that are unemployed <laughs> are just pissed off. They're not going to buy season tickets. Not a lot of people have an emergency season ticket fund. Set right, exactly. You can't justify it. Um, from Acuna Stan. Acuna Stanectat. Oh, Acuna. Acuna's neck tat. I got you. There we go. <laughs> he does have a cool neck tat. Uh, we can't get away with having a neck tat, can we? I'd like to have a neck tat, man. I think you could cool. pull it off. I could nowadays. You could, man, 10 years ago. Whew. Yeah, but you'd have you'd have some some street cred in the locker room. I got a lot of tats, but mine no, none of them can be revealed just wearing a normal short sleeve shirt because he, like when I like when Bobby Cox was manager for instance, I didn't want my first impression coming in to, <laughs> to talk to say a Bobby Cox to be a tattoo coming. You know what I mean? There were so many guys I wish you would ask I wish you would have had a net, neck tat and asked Bobby a dumb question just <laughs> yeah. to see the response. <laughs> There's Might guys that are old school. You just didn't want to be you know starting from, you know, how much money we've got to pull together to get a neck tat on you? <laughs> What's your price? <laughs> Not happening. If I have to go find another job for my final years of employment, I don't want to have to do it with a neck tat. <laughs> Where that Mark Turtle net Chipper wore? <laughs> That's why Chipper wore it all that time. He had a, he had a neck tat. Nobody even knew. Yep. <laughs> right, Chip. <laughs> sure, he's uh, listening. Of the guys you've covered, EOF have or EOF has played with, who had the, I'll let, I'll let you have to answer this. Who had the best fastball, change up, curve, slider, sinker, etc. I would, the only one I would say, right? Uh, sinker, Kevin Brown to me and Johnny Venters. Those two, Kevin yeah. Brown, Johnny Venters. You go so ahead. Change up had to be Chris Medlin in 2012. Oof. He could tell people it was coming. Guys would sit on it and they're still early. I remember John, I remember specific at bat Johnny Damon had against him and he just was shaking his head. Because you could tell he was sitting on it, knew it was coming, was looking for it, and he still missed it two or three times in that bat and just walked back to the dugout. You know, just nothing I could do today. I love pitches like that, man. How about King Felix and Medlin? Yeah, well, Felix, Felix change up. I was playing for 
his might be, I mean, he might give, I might have to actually give it to him just because he did more with it. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's hard because Medlin didn't stay healthy, but the years right. I was right. playing for Oakland, they knew every count that Felix was going to throw that change up and they could not swing at it. It just looked like a fastball <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the depth to it, you know, it just dropped. It got, you know, seven feet from the plate and fell a foot. Mickey Mouse, and huh? when you see a ball start right down the middle like that, it's every, it's oh, hitters, every running. instinct to swing. But they knew he was throwing at three, two. <laughs> they talked about it in the hitters meeting before the game and he punched out 10 anyway on it. So that was cool for me to watch. Uh, the Bugs but, Bunny change up. But Felix has the best curve I've ever seen when he was, uh-huh. when he was 19, 20, 21. I mean, it, the first time I saw him throw it in person, I was watching him warm up. And I'd never seen a legit big league curveball like this before because I was still in the minors. I was watching him up, warm up before a spring training game, and he threw it, and I thought he threw a wild pitch. I mean, it just wow. took it, it took off like it was going to go over a righty's head, and then just bit hard. Took a left turn wow. straight down to the down to the way corner of the strike zone. So he's got the best curve. Um, How about Kerry Wood? Was that a curve or slider? That was a slider he threw, wasn't it? That f- he threw both. Ball, ridiculous. Yeah, he threw thing. both. The 20 but he's another one game. of those guys that when you're throwing that pitch that nobody can even come close to, oh. you know, you saw his body just fall apart. The 20 strikeout game. It was just, um, it was unbelievable. It was That's a the most ball. dominant stuff you can ever watch is that 20 yeah. strikeout game. It just didn't and look You have big league hitters looking like they came off the street. It didn't look real. Uh, the side sl- movement. The slider. Oh, the slider. Um, a guy named John Huber I played with with Seattle. Uh, John Huber. I remember the yeah. name. He didn't have much of a career. Uh, mm-hmm. he, you know, he got to the big leagues and everything, but he had a pretty good like three or four month uh, stint with the Mariners when I was there, where he was just throwing ninety percent sliders. And you, you know, it was another one of those pitches that everybody knew was coming, but the bite on it was so sharp that they just couldn't do anything about it. And then the sinkers, obviously, for me, Johnny, and yeah. you know, the clinching moment with Johnny Sinker being the best sinker I'd ever seen was when Billy Wagner would just watch his bullpens and giggle to himself. You know, Hall of Famer, <laughs> one of the best, you know, left-handed believers of all time. And he's just watching Johnny, uh-huh. and he's he's doing it for pure entertainment, watching this ball move. Um, the, the way the ball came out of Johnny's hand, or, or like when you saw Wes Helms try to hit it uh-huh. and just look back to his dugout and laugh and shake his head. I mean, I love those moments <laughs> in baseball when somebody's just doing something nobody else can do and nobody's seen. How about um, a four-seamer? Four-seamer, best fastball is Kimbrel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, and I can't, I can't say like Chapman or somebody just throws 105, but Kimbrel's fastball was yeah. 96, 97. But a lot of guys have kind of what you call an invisible, where the spin on it's so tight and the angle it comes out of his hand, it just has this trajectory that almost seems to rise, and it doesn't technically rise, but it doesn't fall like a normal fastball. Right. I mean, it just stays on plane the whole time. And guys would say Kimbrel had a sneaky fastball, and he's throwing 98. Yeah, and that's why you'd see him. You know if. If he if he went in and didn't strike out two guys, at least it was a bad outing because of that fastball. And then combined with his curveball, man, it was just a wrap. And he was a little shorter than most guys, power arms. And Which helps. And, and gets that long kind of stride, use those big legs of his. Yep. And he's coming from a whole different angle, right? It, yep. does, it looks like it is rising to those guys. Yep. Yeah, the angle he throws at. And that's why, you know, I'm never, especially in today's game, I don't think short pitchers are bad because if they can get good ride on their four scene with everybody kind of trying to lift the ball a little more, mm-hmm. um, it makes it really hard for guys to get on top of it. How big is so he had a perfect for, cocktail? How about, how big is that dude for St. Louis that throws 104? He's not very Hicks, big, right? Yeah. I, I don't think I think he's probably six two. Is he um, that tall? I didn't even know he was that tall. Super athletic, but he's wiry. He's not a big guy. Yeah, uh, he's but, just max effort. I don't think he's ever going to stay healthy, but unless he yeah, changes, it's, changes it's hard his whole. to. Hard to put the arm through 104 mile an hour sinkers for for years on end. Uh, you don't see many of them anymore, but for a while it was the pitch, the split, or before yeah. that it was called the fork ball. And I would say John Smoltz had as good as anybody's. Yeah, yeah, it was and it's unbelievable. You don't see those because it's it's supposed to be so hard on the yeah. elbow. Uh, that, that's kind of what they call Felix's changeup was a split uh-huh. because of the way he held it and it, it come out of his hand. It was it was really more of a split. He just used a changeup grip. Mm-hmm. Uh, Contreras had a good one back in the day too, watching him yeah. pitch in the playoffs. Yeah, Cha- uh, yeah. So many guys had Tommy John that threw splits for so much, yeah. man. It, it could not be coincidence. You have to have really big hands, right? And and you can have big hands and have ridiculous double jointed fingers like Pedro Martinez had, which, yeah. which he could use to throw every pitch differently than most. Guys. Yeah, which he could probably dominate this whole cat every category yeah. of this conversation. He had everything. <laughs> yeah, and you look at him. At, put a ball in his hand and you see what he could do with his fingers. It's like, he was just touched by God to be able to do that. 
There's so. a lot of guys touched by God in baseball. <laughs> Those yeah. are guys playing the game. Yeah. I mean, if you could look back at films, you know, films that they say Koufax curveball was the greatest ever. And a lot of people say it's not even, there's not really no comparison to Koufax's curveball. Um, and then Nolan Ryan's fastball, I would say for the all time might've been, you know, it. Dude, I can watch Nolan Ryan highlights any day of the week. <laughs> Me too, man. What a horse. <laughs> any era, he could pitch in any era and just dominate. There's no doubt yeah. in my mind. No doubt. No. No, but he was, you think about him, a guy that was able to pitch at 44 still, you're yeah. just talking extremely blessed. I mean, that's, I'm sure he worked hard, but that's, there's no level of hard work a normal human could do to get to the point where he was at. Yeah. Throw that many pitches and still be throwing a hundred. Yeah, his body's just 90s. built for it. Yeah. He threw a no hitter at what? 46? Yeah. He'd probably throw, he'd probably throw 92 right now. He's a hoss, man. Um, Let's see. It's crazy to. This is from. Oh, actually, that one was from. Uh, no, same guy. Asked two questions. Neck tat guy. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read another one from him. It's crazy okay. to me how many people try to both sides this dispute. What could the players do to influence public opinion in their favor? Would it make a difference? Do you think owners would care even if 80 percent of fans blame them? No, I don't think so. And I think <laughs> yeah. we said that, you know, at the start of this is they're uh-huh. not afraid to to look bad. And it's really just Manfred's kind of just the punching bag. He he just he he's the voice of the owners. If they want to change course and he has to go back on his word from a week ago, he's the guy everybody's, you know, cussing out on online and <laughs> on the radio now. Uh but it's it's really the owners doing doing everything. He's just their their spokesman. Um I think the players just did it, though. You know, they just said enough. We're not going to be seen turning down millions of dollars in public for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Just tell us where to be and we'll be there. Yeah. I think that's what they could do. Um, yeah, I try to be fair about the whole thing, but I really think that it, it shifted in their favor this week. Yeah, whoever came up with that was a stroke of genius in these yeah. negotiations. That was the first really good that was Tony's first power move that either side has come up with, whether it was Tony or one of his lieutenants. It was a great idea. Maybe it was Trevor Bauer called him and said, just say this. <laughs> you never know. The ghost of Pascual Perez asks if MLB and MLB PAA can't come to an agreement, could MLB lock out the major league players and allow each team to construct their rosters with minor league players? <laughs> well, there's leagues. reasons why that wouldn't work. <laughs> one, the owners said they're going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars per game with no fans in the stands. Well, they're also going to lose all the revenues, TV revenues, if they put minor league teams on the field because nobody's going to fuck to show minor league games on national television and try to sell that to their audience and advertisers. The level of play in the minor leagues is just not comparable to the big leagues. No. You know, maybe AAA, but if you if you got – you know, and and a lot of those guys aren't going to cross the picket line no, exactly. either because they, so they want a future in baseball. None you of know, the good if, ones if, are. The scabs are. The, anybody that crossed – you'd have to have like journeyman, yep. 28-year-old backup catcher that just wants to set foot on right. a big league field and knows this is only shot. But right. guys that, that crossed in the in the 90s, they're still you know, yeah. they're still coaches mad at them. There's still guys – if you get called a scab or labeled a scab, they want to spring yeah. training. There'll be a coach going around telling you – so and so, you know this this instructor over here. He's a scab, and he wants all the players to know it. And and I think that's, you know, that's really productive for the union as a whole because you don't want that on you. But I can't imagine too many talented players that think they have a future in the big leagues crossing that line, even though they're not in the union yet. So what you'd be showing basically is indie ball games. That's what you'd be indie showing. Indie ball games, and it and man, if you think the walks are bad and the pace of play is bad now. <laughs> <laughs> it's ugly baseball, man. It's it's hard to go back and watch A ball games uh for me because guys are figuring it out. They're learning how to play. They're learning how to be consistent. There's so much dumb stuff that happens. It'd be it, it'd just be pointless. You'd be a lot better off showing college games, man. You know? Yeah. Major college if, games. If you were a network, be, yeah. It would be a lot yeah. better product than showing games with replacement players, in effect, and not even yeah. they wouldn't even have any top prospects on those teams. So yeah, people are too smart for that now. Yeah. Um and not to mention, you were talking about scabs. Do you, the ones that were, there were very few that were still in the game even five years ago, but the ones that were, you know, they could never go to the union meetings that, that when, the, when the union guys came to town and talked to the players, they had to sit outside, ostracized in their uniform in the dugout, yep. waiting for the meeting to be over. They don't get pensions, they don't get any yep. of the union benefits. So they carry imagine, that label forever. No, it's on you. It's that's done. And imagine interacting with a guy like, 
Terry Pendleton after you've done that. <laughs> yeah. <He laughs> you was, know, there's, there's a lot of guys that aren't letting that go. Oh, and, he never and, forgot. No, he didn't. And, and a lot of guys didn't. And that's because they went through it. You know, yep. they, they sat at home and, and did that whole thing. So if you, yeah. you know, if you went through it now, you're, you're tainting your whole future in the game. So it'd have to be somebody that just, you know, wants to set foot on that plush green grass and, you know, just see what it feels like. Cause he was like a, he was a young dad then. And a lot of them weren't guys weren't rich and they were, you know, they weren't living, making that much. They, no, you know, and they didn't have that budgeted to take a whole five months at the end of the 94 season no. through spring training, but they did not, it. not sure when they're going to get a paycheck. And then you have players who were willing to play and cross the picket line and then stay in the game. So there was Kevin Millar is the only guy that's really done well for himself in the game. Right. That's still making money off the game in the game. Yeah. yeah it's the only guy that comes to mind, but there's plenty of people that still won't, you know, interact with him and, and are still mad at him too, but you, you know, got, even and, as much and, as he's done. And you got to have a personality like Kevin Millar, which is yeah to overcome it. Yeah. To you overcome be, it. You better not you better be, a be guy. able to control the room and I make mean, everybody he's hard laugh not and, to like when you talk yeah. to Kevin Millar. And that's the kind yeah. of, that's why he's been able to make money in the game. His one guy, yeah, one, <laughs> one guy. guy's pulled it off. <laughs> uh, David, uh, Dave Guido, Devo Guido. I like that. I'd like to hear both of your thoughts on the possible restructure with salary caps in place, similar to the. Uh, there's not going to be any salary caps in baseball. No, the union's not. That's that's that. the one thing they're not going to do. No, uh, Kyle Wolfson. Sorry to dismiss that, but it's not going to happen, so there's no reason for us to talk about it. They didn't go through all this and all the labor strikes and all this yeah. to, to all of a sudden cave and say, okay, do the strike, do the salary could cap. It, you know, could it be good for the game competition-wise? Yeah, I don't think it's good to have teams that are just tanking because they don't right. feel like they can compete, but it's not happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no union is going to give up all the gains they've made. The players are making the money no. they've made, the guaranteed contracts they've made, and give all that up to go with a salary cap. Uh, once the season does start, do you expect, this is from Kyle Wolfson, do you expect trouble within the teams because of tension with their respective owners, not playing as hard or creating difficulties behind the scenes? Would the Braves avoid this since their owner, owner is generally faceless? Uh, I can't imagine a player not playing no. hard because of no. any tension with the owner. That self-defeating. Yeah, and that tension's been there. This isn't yeah. this isn't just starting. This isn't this isn't the start of it. It's been going on, you know, the union's been trying to prove collusion. They've tried to sue for collusion. Mm -hmm. You know, the last the the tanking, there's so much stuff that the the union itself's already been fed up with and not really been able to do anything about. Um, but that never affects you on on the field because it's your career and you got teammates and it, you know, you don't ever really even see the owners in the clubhouse or anything like that. Right. I don't I don't really remember ever interacting with one or anything like that. Uh -huh. Um, I was questioning the the quality of baseball you're going to get, you know, if guys were playing 48 games, but really, I, I don't know. It's it's just not really a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing for a guy like at the end of a contract or it wants a new contract for him to be pissed off and hard, like at the, at the general manager, you know, and not want like Gary Sheffield told us uh, a few of us writers one time, it was hard to think for him to go out and play for Dave Dombrowski because Dombrowski had lied to him. Okay. That's one yeah. thing though. But it's totally different for a whole team to be yeah. pissed at the owner and go out and lay down because that's just not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen because they're in it for themselves, you know, for each other, you know, to, to try to win and try to further their careers, be self-defeating. Brandon Coker uh, says, do you guys think Clark's time as the player's rep is coming to an end? Any chance they make a move to get a fresh voice before the CBA next year? Um, we'll see how this comes out. I would have yeah. said a week ago that he was just nothing. Every movie he he made turned to shit. This latest move was the first thing he's done that really I think yeah. has gave him an upper hand for once. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how this goes. But it has not gone well his tenure. I don't think as players no. union chief. A lot of players were were a little unhappy with that last agreement and and how it turned out for them. Yeah. Like there's some things that they just didn't foresee happening. Um, and I remember some guys saying like, you know, I don't remember voting or or anything like that. Um, so there were some guys that were kind of fed up. But this movie made just now. I mean, I think it kind of flipped the script for him where he's going to have a lot. If if this goes well and the players get what they want out of this, they'll have a lot more confidence in them. And yeah, big swing for him. And the last one, uh, if there is no season, this is from Gideon Bayon, Jets fan, 051. Jets fan, wow. There are Checking Jets in. fans. If there is no season this year, what does that mean for the players with one-year contracts or years, one 
year to free agency is essentially when you're taking off their contract. If uh, that's yeah. pretty simple. Uh, if they yeah. play no games, they agreed in March, the owners yeah. and the players agreed in March, they would get a full year of service if there are no games. So Mookie uh, Betts would be a free agent. Mookie Betts is a free agent. And the Dodgers gave up all that talent. Oh, man, for, that hurts. Yeah. I mean, that hurts so bad, man. That's a nightmare scenario right there that you could not have envisioned if you were the Dodgers, obviously. I can uh, tell you this, though. Any any veterans that were on one-year contracts are trying to stay in the game, it, it's going to be hard this offseason. It's probably going to be the ugliest offseason ever for – Cole Hamels. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, you know, he's good. He's good. You know, but, he had a good year, but not a great year with the Rangers. Got or with the yeah. Cubs. Got hurt at the end, yeah. so there were some questions. But he not had a nice one year, eighteen million dollar deal with the Braves. Lost but, uh, it, and then he's going to be looking for a job next year without having thrown a pitch. And how? And yeah, and, and it's going to be so hard nobody, to get guaranteed money. He didn't even throw a game in spring training. If he threw, a f- yeah, spring training starts, that would have answered some questions. But people are going to have to go out and see him throw in workouts or whatever, you know, to if there's no games. So I wouldn't, I couldn't see him getting much at all. Major, yeah, major I mean, retirement would retirement would be in the back of your mind, just knowing the offseason that's ahead if you were him. And then, uh, and then uh, Marcelo Zuna. Yep, he Chance had to a, turn it around. He had an okay year with his Cardinals, but not great at all. So he settled for a one year deal to kind of reestablish his uh, his uh, free agent uh, value. Then he had a really bad spring. He didn't look good at all in spring. I don't put much faith in spring training results, but he looked bad. So the last thing that anybody who's seen him is, you know. Spring training, he had a great series against the Braves in the postseason, but he's going to have a tough time getting that kind of con. He's still only you know twenty nine years old, though thirty years old. So, but uh, there's a lot of guys like that. I'm just picking the ones that are on the Braves, but there's a lot more extreme examples. Tons than that. of them, but guys that are going to have to, you know, he if you have that one bad year in the big leagues, but you've been a pretty productive player for a long time, yeah, you can usually count on getting that one year, you know. D- pillow deal you know where you try to turn your stock around right. and, and get back on the game and somebody kind of takes a chance on you i don't think there's going to be really any of those floating around after especially after not playing it's gonna be a hard hard off season for a lot of guys yeah it is i wonder if we've seen if if there's no games I th- and i think there's going to be games we're just saying you know if but i think there's going to be games but if there weren't i wonder if we've seen the last of nick marcakis maybe you know yeah. and, and even if it's 35 games and he doesn't get off to a hot start Knowing Nick, he would play for somebody next year, even if he had to take a minor league deal. Yeah, he would. But I think somebody would give him maybe a you know a one year you know two million dollar deal. Big come to camp deal. and see how you look. But if nothing else, a minor league deal to come in and earn a spot. You go somewhere where you know he was in great shape this spring, man. I'm telling yeah. you, that. we say that a lot. This dude was in great shape. He really looked good. He's a he's a he's a beast in a workout room, man. As you know, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. He doesn't get cheated in there. All right, well, that's it. Uh, we appreciate again the questions you guys gave us on short notice on Twitter this morning. Hey, Bravos fans, producer Cam here to tell you about dugout mugs. This should be the Father's Day you finally cast aside buying your dad yet again another tie or another socket set that he's going to throw into the back of his garage. This is a year where you need to get dugout mugs. It's a company that actually started in a college baseball dugout and they deliver sterling looking 12 ounce mugs that's been that have been created out of a barrel of a baseball bat. It's been licensed by Major League Baseball so you can have that fantastic Braves logo engraved onto a birchwood baseball bat barrel mug. It's perfect for the big game, and you don't even have to drink your favorite beverage from it, honestly. You can just put it on display, put it on the mental place, the fireplace, whatever you want to do. It's a unique gift for any and all baseball fans. So make sure this Father's Day you go out and get your old man a dugout mugs. You can go to dugoutmugs.com slash theathletic and use promo code MLB30 for 30% off your first purchase. That's dugoutmugs.com slash theathletic and use the code MLB30, all one word, MLB30. Fill that baseball void with your very own dugout mug today. With Manford, who, I don't know, he had a bad day, I would say. It was a tough day. It was a tough day. And to go from, in a five-day span, go from... uh, you know, kind of poking, poking his chest out on draft day and saying when asked if there's going to be baseball this year and saying absolutely, 100%, there's going to be baseball this year to five days later saying, I'm not confident there's going to be baseball. That's just not what you want. That That is not what you want from a commissioner. 
No, and I'm I'm kind of confused what the shift is. Is 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 this about you know saying you know focusing on health issues now? I mean, I know it's deflection, no. but was he basing that off of you know we're not sure we can get a work around the health uh, requirements and and liability and stuff? Is that kind of what he was moving to? Well, that's or, what he's kind of he's using as an excuse. And I, I know it's not gonna, it, but we're going to get into what Trevor Bauer said yesterday, which I yeah. think nailed it. Yeah. Which I think it's pretty obvious is that he's stalling because. Owners have figured out how many games they are willing to to pay the full prorated salaries because uh, players have said they're not taking any more pay cuts. They're going to get prorated salaries for however many games they play. They want the full prorated salaries. And since owners are since owners are not willing to or say they're going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars per game on with no fans in the stands, they're only willing to pay so many games and not let it uh, affect. The postseason, they don't want the postseason to go into November because of football, because of obligations that TV networks have to football, uh, political campaign ad money, and because they fear that a, uh, a second spike of COVID could knock out the postseason. And that's where they plan on raking in the dollars to offset some of their losses, the owners. So, And if they, they implement not- the season, they don't get the expanded postseason, right? Because that's what they want the players to agree to. Exactly. Players gotcha. have got to agree on that. Yeah. So they're going to have to sacrifice that. But the, the players wanted, what, 70 games? They had a couple of different proposals. They had 114 at one point. But they were uh, budging. Yeah. But the owners would not. So they were, So what they by stalling, by using this obfuscation and saying it's about health issues and about the players demanding another $100 million, which they Buying time. Buying time. Yep. And, I, and we'll get into Bowers. Uh, tweet uh, stream, which where where he said that he predicted that in about twelve days is when they're going to come. Uh, uh, Manfred is going to give because that's when they can afford to do what they want to do, which is say, okay, we're ready to start the season. The play, the players basically called their bluff by saying when uh, the last offer was made by MLB and the players said, we're not taking it, screw it, tell us when you want to start, we're ready, mm-hmm. we're ready to show up and start playing. And they called him on it because see, because Manfred can't do it right now because if they do, then the players can games. sue. Right, because they agreed in March that both sides agreed that they that Manfred could implement a season, but they would have to try to to play as many games as possible. Well, if they start the season now or, or call spring training now, start it, they could get the season going by uh, July. You know, by the second Mid-July, week of July, yeah. right? And you could play seventy five games easy. It's too many, and that's too many. Owners won't pay it. So yeah, I thought anyway. it was genius, man. That that you know, I think that was their only move. You know, once they caught on that, I mean, we've been saying on here for a few weeks that it, it just feels like they're stalling, and and yeah. that that big, you know, you could tell there was some frustration on the player side, some stuff that started to come out, some quotes and stuff. But mm-hmm. in my mind, it was working. You know, they were frustrating them, kind of grinding them down. Uh, players were making some concessions, and then all of a sudden they caught on to the game and said, "All right." You yeah. just tell us where to be. We'll be there, right. and so put that, the ball in their court. And then you yes. saw everything flip yesterday. So the, the so that became kind of their mantra. Yeah, that was smart. Let's go. <laughs> Everybody, if you're asked, say, "Tell us when and where. We're ready to go. We're ready to play." So they you heard every all these players saying that. Yeah, you heard uh, Clark saying that. Tell us when, but we're done. You're not you're not negotiating now. You're not going to give any more. So we're done. Tell us when to play. We're ready to go. Yeah, and they were playing the owner's game for, for two weeks. And, it, it you know, mm-hmm. I thought both sides were starting to look bad, you know, at least in the public's eye. But yesterday was the first day I saw it just completely flip, where it was the most one-sided day I've seen. And I think unless – unless for, for those fans who were kind of open-minded about this or on the yeah. fence, the ones that were uh, willing to listen to, uh, you know, reason, I think a whole lot of them jumped over to the player's side yesterday because it just became more apparent to me. Uh, that yeah, I mean, it's always going to look bad if any any human on earth turning down millions of dollars right yes. now is going to come off bad. Yes. But yeah, yesterday exactly. was the day I saw it kind of sway heavily in the in the player's favor just with the reactions and whatnot. There's some people, you know, that are never going to be on one side or the other, you know, just dug in. But mm-hmm. everybody on the fence seemed to jump over to the player's side yesterday. But I think you're right. I think there are some people who are not going to get past. They can't. Uh, they don't um, uh, begrudge billionaire owners for making their money in whatever fields they made it in. 
Yeah. They don't, they don't, they don't care how they made their money. They, they assume that they worked hard or their parents worked hard and uh, they were part of a legacy or something. But they look at players as pay, play, being played, being paid millions of dollars to play a kid's game. And those are the fans that say, I'd play for one tenth of that. Like yeah, well, nobody's showing up argument. to watch you like, play. <laughs> yeah, nobody is going to pay you to to play a kid's game. That's the thing, you know. My, you know, my big my big problem with that statement is there's very few guys actually playing a game out there. You know, maybe maybe the extremely talented ones. Like a guy, Acuna. Acuna's playing. playing a game. Mike <laughs> Trout's playing a game. You know, you see some relievers that are playing a game. You know, starting pitchers that throw 97 with a hammer curveball and they're 22. Yeah. But for me, man, I never was playing a game. I, I was hanging off. on for dear life my whole career. It was stressful. Yeah. I mean, I would come home after the season and I'd lose 10 pounds just sitting on the couch just from not, you know, just finally getting sleep and not being stressed and whatnot. Um, so, I, you know, that's that's kind of the point I always make on it is for uh, majority of guys, man, it's it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of hard work. And, and when you get on the field, man, I mean, your adrenaline – um, yeah. everything it does to you, you don't sleep at night. It's, it's not really a game at that point. I know technically it's a game, but there's very few guys out there that are just playing a game when they step on the field. I mean, ideally that's where you want to be and you always do your best. Uh-huh. But, but for a lot of guys, man, I mean, it's a, it's a one shot uh, thing. It's, it's, it's a job just like anything else. It's, you just happen to be rewarded, you know, very well when you do well, but you see minor leaguers go through the grind that don't make it, Right. you know, the, you're looking at the best of the best. And I always say this too, you know, if, if your job paid millions of dollars, would you still have it? You know, what, whatever job somebody does, you know, if the competition was that steep, right, for it, right, would you right. be able to hold on to that job, whatever you're doing, where you're coming out and saying, I'd play a game for free. You know, are you good enough at your job that if it paid millions, you could beat everybody else to do mm-hmm. out to do it? No, good point. Um, yeah. You're saying that for the 5.6 years that you're, the average career span of a major leaguer is you're not uh, out there busting your ass for hours every day and thinking about popsicles at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Hope, hope my dad brings me a Gatorade or something. You know, it's, you're just, you're not in that mode, man. Uh, it's the best feeling for me every day was when I was done, when I came out of the game yeah. and I could just breathe for a minute. I knew, you know, I knew that I had at least 18 hours before anyone needed anything from me again, or, or I could mess up a game or anything going on. Yeah. I probably had one or two years where everything in my life was going well. Uh, my body was functioning right. And I just got to go out there and play a game. And that was, that was 11 and 12 where I was just locked in. (laughs) But the, the other nine years of my career, man, I spent every day looking over my shoulder, waiting for it all to fall apart. You said 11 and 12, and I was thinking you were thinking age 11 no, and 12. Yeah. Well, those two, those years were fun. But that's what people, that's that's yeah. that's the comparison people I know, make. They equated to that. You know, when they showed up to high school games five minutes before the game and just rolled out there, yeah, that's great. But these guys are grinding, watching video, doing all these things at, at two yeah. in the afternoon. And, yeah. and every decision I made, man, you know, when I retired and someone asked me if I wanted a beer yeah. and I could just decide if I wanted a beer or not was – it was crazy because I didn't think about tomorrow's game or my training or anything else going on. Um, yeah, that, those stress levels, man, are, are really high for most guys. Yeah, it's like uh, people say they'd play for free. I'm like, you know, there's been times where like a, the cast of a really successful comedy on TV or whatever has walked off, you know, holding out for yeah. more money. The star's like wants a million an episode instead of 500000 Yeah. And people, well, I don't hear anybody going – I would do that part for uh, for ten thousand. <laughs> it's yeah. like no, you can't do that part. You can't. Yeah, that's the whole I point. I can't be Leo DiCaprio, or I'd do it for a million, and he gets paid thirty million. <laughs> I live his life for four hundred dollars a year. <laughs> How he's rolling? I pay to live his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny because you say you enjoyed the. You used to enjoy the game for a while. Uh, you know, have fun playing. It's like we were talking about running a while back. I mean, when I, I was hate running. when I was like in my teens, when I was running twice a day, like in high school, it was pretty good, you know. Yeah. I used to actually enjoy a six, eight mile run. It felt good, man. Now I go out and run a few miles, dude. Yeah, a week off, it's drudgery. <laughs> I want it to yeah. end. I feel good about that. I did it, but yeah. during the run, there's never a point where I go. This feels really good. <laughs> It <laughs> just yeah. doesn't happen anymore, man. You want to quit the whole time, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's all you can do not to stop, man. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. You uh, put yourself through stuff like that, man. You the stuff you put your body through trying to get it ready, and you know, I ate food I hated my entire career. 
I, uh-huh. It was so nice when I was done just to smash five guys' cheeseburgers and drink some beers every night. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's just, it's so much work that goes into it behind the scenes. And you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, they blame coach in high school or something, or they'd be sitting right there next to you. And you're never going to be able to really get people to have that perspective. But yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of guys out there playing a the game and just, you know, having fun. Cunha definitely is though when you watch him. And how about pitchers? People have no idea how many, like pitchers especially have to take anti-inflammatories. And not all of them, but most of them do. And I've heard Shit. I I've got heard day it, one of spring training. Yeah, I've heard guys say it takes weeks at the end of the season. It takes them a few weeks to come off the anti-inflammatories for their bodies oh, when, to get used to not being on them. When you try to wean off of like Voltaren or, or Mobic, uh-huh. you know, one of those really strong anti-inflammatories mm-hmm. and you actually feel what's going on in your body. Right, um, right. I mean, I think it's caught up to me too on the backside because you know it it hurts me to try to do stuff now. Everything from my my right. left elbow, left shoulder, right hip, and right knee is just wrecked, and it's a daily grind for me just to be able to play with my kids. And I was just a a reliever, you know, I wasn't even doing that much. Yeah, you know, Johnny Venters told me that at the end of yeah. the season, we talked about how coming off the anti-inflammatories. It's hard. You put your body through a lot. Not to mention what it's doing to your organs, you know, your liver, your kidney. If you drink yeah. anything on top of that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so so here's here's the deal. The owners threatened to implement a season last week, and the players told them to go ahead and effectively call the owners bluff. So the risk in the owners in determining the length of the season and inviting a potential billion-dollar grievance from the players appears too great. This is what Ken and Evan wrote today in The Athletic. It appears too great for them to plow ahead without an actual agreement because the players can sue because of that March agreement where they had the meeting with the, the between the union and, and, uh, and MLB and the owners where they agreed to try to play as many games as possible. And they said there was also language in that they would address if no fans could be in the stands and all that. But the, the owners are scared that if they start – a season and only play like 55 games that the players can sue them for not trying to play as many as possible and, and make, make a whole lot of money, get that salary back that they think they're owed, that they're rightfully is theirs. Um, so the, the feeling is that the, that Manfred is trying to use the health issues now as an, as a reason saying we have to iron out these things before we can start these, these, uh, all the protocols and all the, uh, procedural stuff. Well, that is a big hurdle. I mean, there's probably some legitimacy to it, but, but the they way talked it a shifted, lot of it already. Yeah, the, the the quickness that that shifted once the player said, "Let's go." Right. You know, it, it was pretty telling. So uh, sources told the Athletic that the commissioner's office is loath to impose a season on players against their will, when the players' association likely would counter such a move by filing a claim for financial damages. The league's goal according to this source, remains unchanged, and that is to negotiate a, resolu- a resolution that is satisfactory to both parties. The message, however, became muddied Monday. Ken and Evan writing this. Became muddied Monday when the game's highest-ranking executive, Manford, took a harsher stand. Manford made a sharp reversal on ESPN, retreating from the guarantee that he'd made five days earlier that the 2020 season would take place. Now, all of a sudden, he was raising a possibility that the season would be canceled instead. And if I, before that uh, draft, in, for the draft on TV, yeah. and everybody watched and saw this. He said, I can tell you unequivocally, we are going to play Major League Baseball this year. He put the chances then at 100%. Why would you say something like that? If you're a, a skilled commissioner, a, a leader of a league, if there was any chance that that was going to not happen, I really don't think there is. I just think that was the next move to try to get some more leverage. You know, it's once you said you're playing 100 percent though to the players. I mean, that's a that's a lot of right. leverage for them to say, well, then let's do it. You know, but I, I don't think there's really any doubt still. They're, I think they're going to play, but so it's I. just another move to try to gain some leverage and and try to get them to come down or change. But uh, the it backfired. Yeah, they're in a tough spot right now. The players, the players saying let's play will be there. Um, that was I don't know if they saw that coming. Yeah, yeah. I think they expected him to keep, you know, rejecting offers in public, which looks bad every time you do it, and drag this thing out. And once they said, we're not doing it, you know, we're not negotiating anymore because it's been the same offer for however many times in a row. They got the same offer four times. They caught on and just said, whatever, let's do it, you know, just to see what happens. 
And that's when Manfred threw out that thing yesterday about, unfortunately, the players want another $100 million from us and all that, you know, trying to think, trying to get the, the fans to be on their side, and it backfired on him. Well, and I, I was confused yesterday with whether it was, you know, when he was saying that we're not going to, unless the players pretty much say we're not going to um, pursue any legal action, I wasn't sure if that was to pre- saying, you know, we can't get over the health hurdles or saying legal action as far as a grievance um, over the amount of games. The good folks at Hawthorne want you to find your better smelling self, and it's really easy to do. You take a quick two-minute quiz, and Hawthorne tells you the two colognes, as well as shampoos, deodorant, and lotions that are best for you. Yes, Hawthorne delivers a customizable, personalized grooming hygiene set just for you, and it's quite fantastic. My play scent out of the two colognes is aquatic and fresh, so I smell fresh, I suppose. And this is the perfect gift for Father's Day. Make sure your old man doesn't continue to walk around and use that same Old Spice deodorant or evergreen deodorant he's used for the last 15 years. Get him something nice, like a gift from Hawthorne. So check out Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E, and dot co co not dot com hawthorne dot co and use the promo code athletic to get 10 percent off your first purchase that's hawthorne dot co and use the promo code athletic to get 10 percent off your first purchase hawthorne dot co players are disgusted that manfred unequivocally told them and the fans there would be a hundred percent going to be a season this is what clark said yesterday now he's decided to go back on his word and is threatening to cancel the season. Clark said yeah. this latest threat is just one more indication that Major League Baseball has been negotiating in bad faith since the beginning. Yep. This has always been the extracting this has always been about extracting the additional pay cuts from players, and this is just day uh, another day and bad faith t- tactic in their ongoing campaign. So that's where we see the distrust we've talked about so many times. But these guys yeah. are just bitter at each other right now, man. At a time it, when they need to be closer, close to having an agreement. It's so ugly, too, man. I mean, it's so bad for baseball. The timing, God. You know, baseball's in the news every day, but this is just this is not how you want to be out there. Yeah. Um, for me, it's just been tiring. I've really, I mean, I have nothing to gain or lose by this, and it's been tiring every time I see something new, and it's not getting anywhere, and both sides seem kind of bitter. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not good for anybody, but I mean, I can't imagine either side wants this. You know, the way the games. Um, getting reflected, you know, out, out in public now. But you know, when you get the same offer four times in a year, what else could the the player side do? Now let's get to what I thought was a spot on analysis of this by oh, Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. I've really come around on Trevor Bauer, man. I used to be a year ago. I, all I'd focused on was him throwing teammates under the bus and all that. And I didn't realize the guy really had some good. Some well, he's really smart. <laughs> he's got he's thoughtful. Some, he's very insightful. I still think he went about saying he probably would agree that some of the things he said in the past about teammates could have been <laughs> yeah. better said. There's probably some tweets he wished weren't floating out there at this be, point. Should not to be said publicly. You know, like yeah. I had a better season than my teammate yeah. to win the Yeah, that's not the Young. best move. But, uh, but the fact is, I mean, this guy, better than any other player, I think articulates things like this. I mean, he is spot on. But here's what he said. He's become kind of the worst nightmare for Manford because he's a player who's With every bit as smart or up. smarter than they than they are, and he's not scared at all. He's got the not gravitas to speak. He doesn't fear anything, the ramifications. He better put up numbers though, because yeah. you know, being this outspoken, yeah. as soon as this that's that's why you don't see yep. more guys speaking out yep. because as soon as you kind of fall on hard times, you're not getting that minor league deal or that one year, you're out of the game. And, Especially and, since he's going year to year. Yeah. Like he said. As soon as he has a bad year, it's going to be. Right. They're but not going to forget this. But that's the fear that players have. But it that's makes why you don't it e- see more guys speaking up. Right. It makes it even crazier or ballsier that, that, that about him going year to year instead of. I mean, if he did, if he had, a, if he signed a four year deal last year, it'd be one thing for him to say, be saying nope. this stuff. <laughs> but if he, like, he's, like you said, if he has a bad year, what owner's going to sign him after what he said? <laughs> you know, no, it's going to be it's going to be a rough road if if he ever struggles. But that's how confident right. he is. But I I admire him. I admire, I admire him. that. <laughs> he said in a brilliant Twitter thread yesterday. Really, not long at all after what uh, Manfred told ESPN. I mean, it was a matter of it was like a half hour maybe. Yeah, he comes back with this uh, with this uh, Twitter spree. 
about, uh, well, here's what he wrote. He says, quote, so Rob, explain to us how you can be 100% sure that there's going to be baseball, but not confident there will be baseball at the same time. Hmm. And he had two hand on the chin emojis. He said, what happened between those statements? Players told you to set the season, but it's too early to set to set the season right now, isn't it, Rob? Because then you'd have to explain why you're only going to impose 50 games when we could easily play 70-plus right now. The tactic is to bluff with, quote, no season, unquote, again, and delay another two to three weeks until you clear the risk of not negotiating in good faith by trying to play as many games as possible. That, that, that wording in that uh, March agreement he's referring to. The public backlash combined with potential of having to explain yourself in front of an arbitrator isn't too appealing, is it? He's talking to Manfred still. Let's see. The way I have it figured, you want to play between 50 and 60 games. You can't make it 50 because that would be too obvious to everyone that you were trying what you were trying to do. And no one think no one would think that that was a quote unquote representative season, so you'd risk not getting your precious playoff money. Nope, can't have that. So, got to make it more than that. Again, this is still Bauer tweeting, but not too many. You've gone as high as about 55 games, full prorated salary, so you'll probably settle somewhere around there, potentially a couple of games higher than that to throw people off the scent. Isn't that right, Rob? So in that scenario, let's see, September 27th end date to protect playoff TV schedules, 60-ish games, going to have to be at least four off days in there, so that's 64 days plus about 20 for spring training, 84 days, September 27th, 84 days from that is July 5th, plus uh, about a week to get players to spring training, so tack on another seven. That takes us to June 28th. As I have it figured, that's your deadline, but today is June 15th, so how do you delay another 13 days? Guess we all got your answer today. Threaten to cancel the season. Threaten arbitration. Threaten grievances. All the while, hold the fans for ransom. Hold the future of the game for ransom. No one believes your bluff, bud. (laughs) You're holding a losing hand. Unfortunately, it's a losing hand for everyone involved, not just you. There's some saying out there about not killing the goose that lays the golden eggs. Check it out on the old Google machine. It's worth knowing. Ouch. So that was Trevor Bauer's message to the commissioner of baseball yesterday. (laughs) And the players are the golden eggs, man. Yep. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, you're getting called bud by a guy, you know, 30 years younger than you and and dealing with emojis. I don't know if if they saw this coming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know. I mean, he called him out and what's what's, what's, uh, Manfred going to say? I don't see him disputing any part of it because he can't. No, and it, I think that's kind of you know the players caught on to what was happening and and that that move, man, it was genius. T- Tony gets a lot of points for me uh, for that one because putting the ball in their court like that and and when you're trying to stall, you're really not trying to get the deal done. You're trying yeah. to. It's just it puts them in such a tough spot. Well, you got a former player as the uh, as the union uh, chief. Yeah. Too bad you can't have a current player as the union chief because I think you have your 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 player. <laughs> yeah, he he probably he might be the guy down the road. Although there might be fights in the negotiation room. <laughs> yeah, he, well, he's not afraid to get petty at all. I, you know, I just you never thought you'd see a time where players were this outspoken about it, and it only takes a couple guys to do it. But yeah. that fear of you know not having a job. Not getting a job in baseball, wanting to stay in baseball—that yeah. it keeps a lot of guys quiet. But when a guy like him comes out, that's a relative. You know, he's yeah. he's relevant. He's pitching in the big leagues right now. He's part of the game. I mean, yeah, people are listening. And he's on a one-year contract too. You know, a psychopath. But you know, so he's putting. I mean, he's putting his mouth where his career's on the line. You know, yeah. he's got to perform. Yeah, it's ballsy. Uh, so anyway, now Kenneth Evan and the athletic got some good behind the scenes stuff on 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 that supports what Bauer said, in my opinion. Uh, there's a seven page letter to the union on Monday. MLB Deputy Commissioner Dan Halem listed a host of issues the league seeks the union's approval on for the 2020 season, including on field rules, scheduling details, start dates, and the postseason player pool. Uh, the money that the players split up issues laid out in the now infamous March agreement between the parties. 
The letter noted that some unnamed 40-man roster players and staff have tested positive for COVID-19. But we, we, you and I talked about this. The most obvious timing of it. I mean, wait a day or two. They tested tested over a thousand people in baseball, front office players, everybody. There's no way there weren't going to be, they said some 40 unnamed 40-man roster players and staff have tested positive. It'd be impossible for them not to test positive. If you took you a thousand, any thousand people, yeah, Americans in any walk of life, you're going to get a bunch of them test positive for COVID nineteen. Some of them yeah. might not have showed any symptoms, but there's going to be a lot of positive tests. Yeah, we I have a few friends that have done the antibody testing, and you know, in their forties, they're they're in the medical field, and and they test positive for the antibodies, and they're like, man, I didn't have a single symptom. I didn't feel anything. I never felt run down or sick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's strange, and I think that's why this thing's so hard is because the testing goes up, the numbers goes up, and it's so hard to gauge the whole thing. And, you know, that might be that might be a legitimate fear of the league, too, is especially with this spike yeah. uh, the last however many days. That might be a legitimate fear, but just the timing of it and shifting the angle like that, you know, when, when the oh, ball's yeah. in your court, it's just – it's it, it's pretty easy to see through. Trying to take the issue, trying to take the uh, focus off the money and put it on yeah. other things like the safety protocols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they do fear a so second, ugly. I think they fear a second spike, which looks yeah. like it might already be starting in some places. It is, but I think they fear that it would wipe out the playoffs. And if that happens, then the owners they get crushed. They're going to get crushed. They're going to get you yeah. Know, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's much, ugly. Of the, much of the letter seemed to designed to guard against a grievance, which if filed would be independently arbitrated. Yep. And he said in, uh, Hallam said in that letter, I assume from the association, the player associations, demand that we unilaterally impose a season that it is waiving any rights and claims that it has under that provision to provide feedback in the construction of that schedule, Hallam wrote, including feedback on the topic of how many games should be played. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and, that, and that's when the players are like, uh, no, we're not giving up the right to sue, uh, to file a grievance. Oh, that, so it's about that. It's not about the else. health. That's the whole thing. I've been confused. If they were threat, if they were, th- if they were scared of getting sued over health stuff, you know, if a player got it or whatnot. Well, which, they can be sued over anything. Uh, yeah, that, you know, but that's the the. I think the owners are trying to make it look like liability versus right. the grievance. Yeah, right. Um. So yeah, Ken wrote. Uh, are they stalling before eventually? In the end game of the owners is kind of is not really clear here. Are they stalling before eventually implementing a short season that is their only option, perhaps giving them a better chance to win a grievance? Too much time might remain on the calendar for MLB to justify a season of fifty odd games that likely would begin in mid July, and that's what exactly what Trevor Bauer said. So, and you just look at the exposure, man. If if you were playing right now, um, I was talking to somebody about it yesterday. But like I watched probably twenty fights of UFC a year now. I I thought I was never into UFC before Conor McGregor blew up. Mm-hmm. But you know, just watching the sport uh, and watching him, now I watch fights. You know, it just it got me into the sport. So I think there was so much to gain for baseball being the only sport playing it, and it really no is, doubt. man. It's, it seems short sighted, and I feel like they're missing a huge window. There's no doubt. Just to you know, uh, this is turning off so many people. I don't know how many people follow through on their threats to never watch baseball again, but this is a, it's colossal. (laughs) Fuck up. The the NBA is not having a, uh, they're having some, some problems now too. Some players coming forward and questioning whether they want to go down there and play. Yeah. And I've also seen, you know, the other leagues compared, but all those other leagues have a salary cap. Yeah. So I think that makes the negotiations yeah. a lot easier. Yeah, and that's, no doubt. MLB is the last league holding out on that. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's always going to be more complicated with baseball. Yeah. The NBA guys are saying they don't know if they want to go out there, uh, not for the health thing mainly, but because of the Black Lives Matters thing. Some of them are saying, right now, we need to be out there doing this. Uh, yeah. So there's some different voices, but I think ultimately the biggest stars are going to be dictating. They're going to play, yeah. And, and, and so they're, they're going to start playing before the baseball season starts. Probably. Man, I wouldn't have seen that coming. No. So the players remain, baseball players remain adamant. They only will agree to a deal that does not require them to take a cut in their per-game pay. They want the full prorated salaries for games played. That's And, and that's where the whole thing is sticking point. Owners want them to take a cut. They won't. So whether the league will eventually be at all flexible in that issue still isn't known. Doesn't look like it. 
that's why they're going to shorten the season to 50-some games probably. But in the midst of the most contentious – this is Ken writing the skin in heaven – in the midst of the most contentious labor environment the sport has seen in a quarter century, the players' resolve on that issue might be rattling the owners. The league yeah. made three straight offers that included pay cuts, and all were rejected, prompt, prompting Clark to walk away from the table with a statement that it's time to get back to work. Tell us when and where. Now the league says it's trying to re-engage. But the letter to the union money did not threaten immediate cancellation of the season if players don't waive their right to a grievance over the terms of that March agreement. But Hallam wrote in that letter that it is clear to us that our dispute over the meaning of the March agreement remains an impediment to the resumption of play. Man, if somebody had a Zoom recording of that damn meeting in March, we could really get to the bottom of a lot of this, couldn't we? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. The spirit of how things were said. And just... Right. You know, the way things are written out, it's always so hard to interpretate and you need all these yep. lawyers to to interpretate it and figure out who's breaking the agreement and whatnot. I mean, it's just I just wish they'd just start playing because I'd love to watch some baseball, man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so the letter from the MLB ended with three choices for the union. The union can tell the league it will waive the right to a grievance over the terms of the March agreement, which they're not going to do. The two sides can head to an expedited arbitration hearing to sort out their positions, or they can keep talking through their issues. And uh, Ken and Evan explained that a fast-moving arbitration case might not be desirable to the union because the amount of money at stake and the potential number of witnesses and experts involved. And if arbitration is off the table, uh, it would appear the players face an ultimatum, which is either agree to a new deal or the league won't start the season. (laughs) Wait for the next CBA too. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that's gonna. That, yeah, that's why they got to get this settled because it's going to be so the contentious nature of this is going to be even taken to a whole nother level for the negotiations for the next CBA if they don't get this thing if they don't play a season this year. Yeah, this was like a trial run to see how much they could beat beat Tony up and and what kind of leverage they could get. And he's he's passing right now. Yeah. Manfred is not required to start the season unless specific conditions are met, including the removal of restrictions on mass gatherings and travel throughout the U.S. and the Canada. So this is an easy out for MLB if it needs to delay or even not play. The parties also are required to engage in a good faith discussion about the economic feasibility of playing in games in the absence of spectators or at neutral sites. Uh, the league in its letter, though, said none of those conditions has been met. So, uh, that's that. There's where we are. We'll see in the coming days if uh, they budge on that. But I'm I'm predicting what Trevor Bauer said, that this gets stalled out for like 12 days and then we play a 50-game season. We'll see. Yeah, some on the player side, uh, Kenny wrote that some on the player side have long believed some owners might prefer to cancel the season for financial purposes regardless of any potential grievance. Manfred said Monday that, However, that owners are 100% committed to getting baseball back on the field. Unfortunately, I can't tell you that I'm 100% certain that's going to happen, he added. He needs 75% of the owners, that's 23 of them, to move forward with the schedule of his choosing. It's unclear if he has that support right now. One agent told Ken, there are definitely more than eight owners who don't want to play. You know, it's man, I just feel like it's so short-sighted too because, you know, like I got a five-year-old and if he – He's interested in everything, but once he gets that iPad in his hands, yeah, you know it's it's really tough to interest him in anything after that. You know, it, it's it's like the end of his day. It's it's really hard. His, his attention span shrinks. Um, if you could get people watching the game and get yeah. them into it, and you had this window where there's not much else going on, right? And you could have really gained a ton of fans. And it's it's crazy that it's just about money this year, right now. The bottom line, it's perfect um, shitstorm. I don't know if it's just the confidence, you know, owning a team and, and the confidence in how the game's done that you're going to be fine and it's going to go really well no matter what. But for me, growing the game, and we've been trying to grow the game, man. You've been trying to cut six minutes off the game with all these crazy rules. You know, relievers have to face however many guys, a strike zone, everything to just shorten up the game and fix the pace of play. And then you drag something like this out. It just seems like such a missed opportunity. And think about how... People can't channel. They wouldn't be able to channel surf to other games and other stuff no, that's going on right now. No, there's nothing else to do. The only other thing they'd even go to is the news, and people are kind of tired of that. A lot of people tired are. Of the, it's, 
it's two things on on i mean you turn on the news it's it's the same story over and over you get on twitter and 99 percent of my feeds just this right here so all you know, the news channels are everybody's getting exhausted on it great ratings right now and if you could throw a game up there for much so rather many watch sports that fans and only might be casual baseball fans would be watching you can only watch so much netflix yeah god damn man to buy netflix stock a couple of years ago move. Whoa. baseball hasn't had an official work stoppage since 94 but it is effectively going through one right now ken yep. ken wrote at a particularly trying time for the country and the game's fans Manford uh, had at least had one thing right. He told ESPN, it's just a disaster for our game. Absolutely no question about it. It shouldn't be happening, and it's important that we find a way to get past it and get the game back on the field for the benefit of our fans. Well, on that, that's one thing that both sides can agree upon. Yeah. It's a disaster. Yeah, and, you know, like Fix I said, the, the NBA got Fix through their issues idiots. pretty quick. The NBA got through their issues quick, but they have the salary cap and and – NBA, uh, the MLB's got a strong union, and it's it's definitely harder to pull off the agreement. But the way the NBA just came together, made a plan, and figured it out, and said right. it's just it's it's for the game at, as a whole, and they called it a community. You know, there doesn't seem to be much uh, love in the MLB community between both sides right now. <laughs> just, yeah, that's the understatement of the year. Yeah, right? I mean, it's just <laughs> disgusting right now. Yeah, it's just a totally different. Uh, dynamic you know yeah. in other leagues it's not really even fair to compare them just because as you know the union is just so much stronger if the M- the nba strongest. had a really strong union right now there'd be a whole lot more of them going nah we're not going to play unless you're unless you're giving us this this and this we're not going to go down there and risk it but they don't have that they don't have a union that can do that and same with nfl you know the longevity in the nfl is not there to have that strength they, they can't even get guaranteed times. contracts in the nfl the one sport where they should have them the most guys important get hurt. sport yeah yeah, it's they can release you in the NFL literally. They can sign a running Any back day. to a four-year, eighty million dollar contract, right? We'll pay him a dollar <laughs> and give him a ten thousand dollar signing bonus. The only thing guaranteed is the bonus. Yep. The next year they could decide the guy could rush for two thousand yards, but they could decide, you know what, we sucked last year. We're gonna suck this year. We got no when there's no way that we're gonna win, even if we have this guy. They could release you and they don't even have to have a reason. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not the answer. People that hold up the NFL is the answer is like, you know, just cause all the owners make money hand over fist. God. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll see what we can talk about uh, Friday. If there's hopefully something comes of this, but I still think there's going to be a season. And I think uh, what Trevor Bauer said, even uh supported that belief that I had because I think what he said made all the sense in the world. And I think that's what's going to happen. We're going to have a 48, 50 game season, not ideal, but Hey, we've talked about this. It could be kind of fun, a two, a two month scramble to the finish line and a great postseason. That could be fun for a one year thing, you know, one year. That's kind of, you know, I'm kind of excited about the chaos of that. Yeah. Cause every game's going to matter. I mean, it could, it could be, you know, the only bad thing is if you have teams that should be there that aren't in the in the playoffs and right. it's kind of a watered down field. But man, the chaos of of only having fifty games for players to put up their numbers and try to get a job next year for yeah, you know, trying to get into the playoffs. How many times you've seen teams after forty five days of the season? You know, the Marlins get off to a hot start and they're leading the East, and by the end of the year they're they're twenty five games back. Um, and the Nats could, wouldn't have made it last year. <laughs> nope. So from a purely, you know, pure entertainment aspect, it's it's yeah. kind of enticing for me. I'm, I'm kind of looking at it like, man, I'm going to be watching just to see what happens. But yeah. And I tell knows? you what, that two or three week spring training camp is going to be intense too, because guys are going to be <laughs> yeah. going, we cannot come out of the gate slow, boys. We got to be nope. sharp. We got to be you on s- top of it. Yeah. You start off slow this year, it's going to hurt. Snit and everybody else is going to be using that bullpen like it's the playoffs, man. From day one. From day one. So the Braves yeah, are lucky they got the bullpen they do. Yeah, and it, you, injuries, I think, are going to be pretty high, too. Guys trying to get into game shape that quick because you really can't replicate yeah. uh, game mode. You know, you can throw as many bullpens as you want, but it's something different when that adrenaline hits. I, I, I agree, man. You you know so much more about this than we do. But as a pitcher, you got to be worried about that a little bit, right? Unless, oh, unless yeah. you know where you are and what you've done in this, this downtime, but still. Some spring trainings, man, I needed like three games and I was I was ready to roll. But other spring trainings, I needed every bit of those 45 days. Mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of guys that were hurting a little bit at spring training right now that are going, that was at a good time for me, man. <laughs> yeah, I had a teammate that broke his toe. He's kind of trying to turn his career around. He was in Japan last year, uh-huh. and he was going to make a team. It was looking really good, and then he broke his toe, and he said, you know, for me this came at a great time because I've got a shot to make a team. And then, you know, he could have a good – 40 days without the chance to get exposed and, and get himself another contract. So th- there's some guys that are going to benefit from it, you know, um, but it's going to be chaos. He won't admit it right away. And maybe he'll never will depending on how the season goes, but you know who the guy that I think could benefit from most from this, who Freddie Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you know, just for the first not time having to push his elbow, all he's been able to do, he's been at home with his wife and kid in California. So he's not even tempted to get all, caught up in a you know competition with other guys hitting in a cage off a machine and everything he's been yep. doing casual swings off the tee i just think that elbow is going to have has had so much the time it needed to properly heal from surgery and freddie's such a natural hitter man i, yeah. I feel like he could roll up and and take Absolutely. 15 at bats and be ready for the season so performance wise i don't think it hurt him at all every hitting coach i've ever talked to said the same yeah. thing if he's anything the, the Braves have to tell him Cool off this spring, yeah. uh, this uh, winter. Take it easy. You know they have to rein yeah. him in because he doesn't need that work. No, but it's so hard to. Yeah, you know, it's so hard to go out there and feel like you're not prepared. Yeah. Meanwhile, Acuna and Ozzy and 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 Camargo have been hitting every day like they're still at spring training. Those guys are ready. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, Let's yeah. Go. Probably, I mean, playing they, wiffle ball in the backyard too. You know, they, those guys just they live could play for baseball. Tomorrow. They could literally yeah. play tomorrow. Yep, they'd be fine. <laughs> Perfectly fine. And the other guy that's going to help, obviously, we talked about this, Cole Hamels. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, couldn't have come at a better time for him, man. No, as long as he's feeling good now. And if he's not, then there's something structurally wrong. Yeah. He'll yeah. get some answers. Yeah. Okay, that's it. We'll be back Friday, and hopefully we'll have some good stuff to talk about, but I'm not counting on it. <laughs> 755 is real. We're out. All right.